Well, it's been about two weeks since we've been back and World War III is imminent. Black-on-black crime is now due to white supremacy. Republicans are allegedly mad that Joe Biden is lowering gas prices. The AP has deemed the word the offensive. We've also erected some of the most horrific art this country has ever seen. I'm serious. Boston unveiled an MLK statue that looks like a mix between South Park's Mr. Hankey and the human centipede. And then New York followed suit by erecting a golden statue to abortion. Oh, by the way, the economy is still doing horribly. It's a good thing these people are in charge and they are on the pulse of what every American is concerned about. The Biden-Harris administration is the most diverse in history. That is a fact. And we expect to uh, we expect this trend to continue. Uh, the cabinet is majority people of color for the first time in history. The cabinet is majority female for the first time in history. The majority of White House senior staff identify as female. 40% of White House senior staff identify as part of racially diverse communities. A record six assistants to the president are openly LGBTQ. Hey, that's enough. I've heard enough, KGP. KJP? I don't know. I'm not even going to say our press secretary's name correctly because I am that horrified by the state of our current country. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez and it has been a while. So I have to bring the energy and the excitement to go over all of the complete insanity that we have missed since I have been back with you guys or since I've last seen you guys. I'm back now. It's been about two weeks. We've got a lot to cover. I've had my hand on the pulse of what has been happening so far. Don't worry. I have been very up to date um, from everything to the escalating war between Russia and Ukraine that we are now very, very much a part of, much more than we previously were, all the way to, again, those horrific MLK atrocity and uh, the golden statue of abortion that has been erected in Boston and New York City. So we are in for a wild ride today, my friends, as we cover some of the complete and utter insanity. If you are a podcast listener, you're truly blessed that you're not having to see the, again, human centipede-like-esque sculpture that is allegedly art in the modern day. Now, before we jump into all of this, please remember that this show is sponsored by you guys. I really do have to truly thank every single one of you that tunes in, that listens to the show, that shares the show. It is truly powered by you, the people, and I love each and every one of you. Some of the best ways to support the show are, of course, by going and checking out my subscribe star. You can subscribe there. Some of the uh, cool things about that is you get access to direct messaging with me. So I get to talk to a lot of you guys there. I also put little hints and sneak peeks as to where my next trips are going to be at or what my next shows are going to be about or, you know, some of my behind the scenes uh, life lessons, goals and things that I follow. So you can go check that out. Subscribe star link is down below or go leave me a five star review on Apple podcast. This helps people find the show. It helps us to grow in the charts. I also just like reading your critiques, uh, whether you like the show, whether you hate the show, go leave me a review on Apple podcast. And then also remember you can stream this show anywhere podcasts are streamed, Spotify, Google play, Apple podcasts, the website staffsofficial.com. You can find it anywhere and everywhere. Now, my friends, to be quite honest with you, I was putting off the show for a while because I was so overwhelmed with all of the information that I was being bombarded with, okay? A lot has gone on since we've, we've last talked, uh, but I was kind of just going through some news today, and I'll, I'll just go through some of the headlines regarding where we're at economy-wise. Um, 
For example, why $4 per gallon gas this spring isn't out of the question. Now, I keep seeing the same talking point from the left wing that Republicans are mad that Joe Biden is trying to lower gas prices. Because I have been in Davos traveling internationally, because I have been focused in on other reporting and issues, I haven't really delved into what this is directly tied to. And I finally delved into it, and it took me about 30 seconds to realize the truth of why Republicans are mad that Joe Biden is lowering gas prices. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to wait until the end of the show. Um, Republicans don't want Joe Biden draining our strategic oil reserves or selling our oil to China. And that apparently equates to Joe Biden lowering gas prices and the right wing being mad about it. Absolutely ridiculous. So uh, apparently we're expecting $4 per gallon gas this spring. Amazing. Uh, from Bloomberg, even on 100,000 plus salaries, more Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Great job, Joe Biden. Just truly an incredible leadership that we have seen from this geriatric patient that has no idea what's going on. It's just, it's truly, I have never seen an economy collapse this quickly or an entire nation be lied to this eloquently every single day by Corinne Jean-Pierre, who can barely read off of the script that she has been given. It's so fun to live through the controlled collapse of the Biden administration from the Wall Street Journal, the U.S. consumer is starting to freak out. The flush savings accounts and cheap credit that helped keep American spending at high rates since 2020 are disappearing. That's not good, my friends. Uh, from Yahoo Finance, stocks are poised to hit new lows this year. Survey of investors show. So just a quick recap of how we're doing economy-wise. And uh, I saw this poll from Gallup News earlier today. More site government as top U.S. problem inflation rates in second. And if we go on to read about this, uh, the government citations up six points. Inflation mentioned steady. Basically, more Americans are naming the government as the nation's top problem. And Gallup's latest poll, which encompassed the rocky start of the 118th Congress term. I love that they have to throw that in there. And I honestly feel like that's kind of like a uh, like a jab at the Republicans because they have the majority in the House right now. Um, but I don't know. Apparently it's a rocky start to the 118th Congress. Is it rocky because Republicans are actually going to be holding people accountable in Congress? Is it rocky because Joe Biden completely crashed our economy over the past two years and our media, instead of trying to maybe hold politicians accountable is instead covering for Joe Biden to this day. Is it bad because the American people refuse to hold their politicians accountable? I don't know. But yeah, you know, we have high prices persisting, inflation remaining the second most cited problem, uh, elevated tensions about the U.S. southern border, illegal immigration edging up 3% points to 11%. Uh, mentions of the economy in general did fall six points to 10%, the lowest reading this year. But again, still number two, regarding what Americans feel is the biggest issue in this country. And I actually found a video of how I felt watching the state of America, right? Because we're not even going to be focusing in on the economy for this show. I kind of just wanted to quickly run through some of the headlines that just came out from today, okay? Just a quick update on the economy. Um, I want to focus in a lot on the cultural issues plaguing our country because in my time away from the show, was doing some very deep reflection on how we have gotten to where we've gotten to as a society. And I always say, look at yourself in the mirror. You have to fix the country by fixing yourself first. And 
for myself personally, I feel like discipline is something that I can always work on. On the concept of discipline, I was thinking about the fact that our entire society lacks discipline. And we're going to be talking about Tyree Nichols, who was beaten by black police officers and ended up dying from it, how the media tried to drum up anger and tension over that to get people to riot, but it didn't really work out because, to be quite honest with you, they weren't able to drum up the racial tensions as they previously have been able to. But going back to this this entire strategy of the media, the reason why they do that is because people are very easily controlled. People's emotions are very easily controlled. And the only person that you're able to control that easily via emotion is somebody who lacks the discipline to take control of themselves. So I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, we we really lack discipline in society, and that's a really big issue. And we've also coupled that with lowered expectations. Now, going back to why I even brought up the MLK statue, because I know this is kind of old news, This is a direct result of our decline. This is a direct result of the lower expectations that we have in society. The fact that this was even erected as a statue, that somebody passed this off as okay and good, that somebody okayed this to be in a public park, just goes to show you the lowered expectations that have led to our complete and utter societal decline. Some might say it's that, some might say it's straight up sat- like Satanism, satanic imagery that we are seeing. Um, again, on screen is that golden statue erected for abortion. It's um, to pay homage to Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her fight for abortion. This was uh, erected just last week. The statue is named now and it depicts a female figure placed upon a roof of the New York City courthouse. Now, what we're looking at here is, again, a golden idol to abortion, and they made it look so horrific and scary. It has the body of a woman with ram horns coming out of it and squiggly tentacles for arms. It's like, it's like these people want us to scream Satanism. It's like people want us to see their demonic displays for all of the world to see. And they do, like, that's obviously why this is a thing. Uh, But again, more than anything, more than this just being a blatant golden idol to abortion, that's a completely different topic. The MLK statue really does have to do with our lower expectations as a a society. And again, we're going to be going over a lot of different cultural issues today. And I want you to keep that in mind, that we've lowered expectations, that we lack discipline as a society. That is why we are subservient and lazy population. And that's why everything in our country has degraded so much. I wanted to just straight up say it sucks, but I don't want to say that about my country because there are good parts of America, but our population is subservient. We are lazy. We are last ranking in education. Customer service is horrible. Our art and our architecture is ugly. The modern day is not beautiful, okay? The people in the modern day are ugly. They're obese, and that is being passed off as health. And to be quite honest with you, looking at the news cycle these past two weeks, this is how I felt. Okay, so visual representation of how I feel every single time I look at the news cycle, like violently screaming into the universe. But because I'm a grown ass adult, I don't act this way. Now, what you were seeing on screen 
were protesters who were protesting, I believe, Chloe Cole in Tennessee this past weekend. This grown woman is violently screaming on the streets of America because we got rid of mental institutions that a lot of these people belong in. And we kept pushing acceptance and love and tolerance to the point where mentally ill people are now allowed to run society. We have degraded our expectation for our leaders in the highest position of our land to the point that they're just straight idiots and we're basically living through the movie Idiocracy. If you have not watched that movie, it's basically a modern day documentary about, about America. I joke about these things, but I have played the videos on this show of Russia straight up making Christmas ads laughing about how the West is essentially sacrificing our children on the altar of transgenderism, and now we have golden idols to abortion in New York City. Low expectations, lack of discipline and self-control. That's what you just saw in that video as well. It was a lack of discipline for this person's emotion. The average modern day progressive adult in the United States has no ability to control themselves or their emotion. So when you go to them and you say, hey, there's only two genders, a man cannot get pregnant, stop being ridiculous. Let's let's have some common sense here. You should not be putting biological men with penises that pretend to be women in women's prisons because they're going to rape the women. It's not an okay thing. Just because a man identifies as a woman doesn't mean that he should be allowed to flash his penis in front of young girls in a locker room. You go up to these people and you say those things and they cannot handle it because they don't have control over their emotions. And also, like just straight up, anybody who believes any of the things that I just said is just straight up crazy. They're not living in reality, but because as a society, we didn't want to hurt people's feelings and we wanted to be so loving and progressive, we continued to move the boundary of acceptance and love and inclusion to the point of straight up insanity. So welcome to the United States of insanity. That's what we're currently living in. And again, I want our motto for 2023 to be Go hurt people's feelings. Go tell people uncomfortable truths. Stop capitulating. Stop being a nice person. And I'm not saying to go out and call people fat on the street because you think it's funny. No, let's be nice. Let's be tactful with this. But when you see morbidly obese people in the street saying that the, their lifestyle is healthy, when you see a grown man in the women's locker room saying that he belongs there, no, you push back against that and you say, hey, let's use some common sense here. It's 2023. This is absolutely ridiculous. Actually, don't say the 2023 part because if anything, that's just going to you know, strengthen their argument because we are living in clown world at this point. But bring back common sense. Don't be afraid to hurt people's feelings. Anyways, let's take a peek at what's going on in the United States of America, starting off with some of the Biden nominees uh, for, for confirmation, okay, for judges. These people are set to be confirmed as judges in the United States, and these are some of the uh, Biden nominees. I want you to listen to some of their responses to the Constitution. Keep in mind, these are judges, they're lawyers, they're people who should probably be very familiar with the basics of the Constitution, right? What it entails, what it is, why it's applicable. Let's listen to Biden nominees talking about the Constitution. On the far end. Uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. 
Do you know what purposivism is? Um, in my 12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, we are the highest trial court in Washington state, so I'm free. Okay. That's where we're at in society today. An attorney general, years of experience, cannot answer two basic questions. Maybe that was three. My apologies there. Just so shocked and appalled at the average, again, high up official in the United States of America. Now that's a direct result of our declining education system. That's a direct result of our lowered expectation. You know what else is a direct result of that is the fact that Kamala Harris is even our vice president. This woman is a damn joke. Let's all stop pretending that she isn't. Not that anybody here is, but there are people in this country who legitimately cover for Kamala Harris and try to pretend that she is actually an eligible candidate for any elected position, let alone the vice presidency, okay, of the United States of America. Now, I was watching this show called Veep for the first time because everyone keeps saying that um, Kamala Harris is essentially the real world, world vor version of that show. And so I'm watching it and I was like, wow, Kamala really watched Veep and was like, haha, I'm going to base my entire vice presidency off of this comedy about how stupid politics are and elected officials are. That's Kamala Harris. I was reading this article from the Washington Post. Some Democrats are worried about Harris's political prospects, and it basically goes into how she is a weak candidate. Um, I'll read you this paragraph right here. Such concerns about Harris's political strength were repeated often by more than a dozen Democratic leaders in key states interviewed for this story, some speaking on the condition of anonymity to convey candid, thought, candid thoughts. Harris's tenure has been underwhelming, they said, marked by struggles as a communicator and at times near invisibility, leaving many rank-and-file Democrats unpersuaded that she has the force, charisma, and skill to mount a winning presidential campaign. Now, what is this called, my friends? This is called a diversity hire. This is called lowering the expectations of an entire society because people like Kamala Harris can't compete. Guess what? There are a lot, a lot of qualified people in this country for elected positions. Carrie Lake being one of them. Joe Kent being another person. Okay, Donald Trump, for crying out loud, should have won the presidency against Joe Biden, who doesn't even know where he is half the time. But as a society, if you really want to discuss this too, how did these elected officials even get close to the White House, even get close to our Capitol building, even get close to a leadership position. It is because as a society, we have continued to lower the expectation, we have continued to decline the education system, so the average American is so dumbed down that they think that this is a good leader. That they think, oh yeah, this is totally fine, like this is how a country should run, like yeah, the economy is totally crashing, and Kamala Harris explains energy as something that energizes your house and like you turn on electricity and then your air conditioner runs and it makes your microwave work and that's electricity and the electricity pow goes through power lines and it goes into your house. It's basically a speech that Kamala Harris gave the other day. This is a diversity hire right here. This is a direct result of our declining society, our lowered expectations, 
it's it's a joke. It's a freaking joke, to be quite honest with you. And, and I am enraged about the fact that this is the representation for the beautiful and the once powerful country of the United States of America. Something interesting to note, because I have been scrolling through Instagram a lot lately, and people will post TikToks or Reels that a lot of the youth feel are popular. And a common theme that I started to notice is that these TikToks about Donald Trump being the coldest president in young people speak, that means he was like the coolest president, the most hardcore president, like he was kind of a badass, right? I'm seeing a lot of these TikToks about Donald Trump being a really good president and Obama sucking, Michelle Obama's lunch program sucking, Joe Biden sucking, Kamala Harris sucking. That's not a new one there. <clears throat> anyway, it's very interesting to me to see how now that we have lived under the Biden administration, for two years, and now that people, not people per se, but I guess now that it's more widely accepted to be like, okay, maybe Donald Trump wasn't so bad, now that the population has suffered enough because we've lowered our expectations and now we're dealing with the direct consequence of that, people are now wanting Donald Trump back. Not even Donald Trump, just competent leadership. So again, Karine Jean-Pierre, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the list goes on and on, Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff, blah, 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 take your pick. Basically, every leader in powerful institutions in this country is essentially a diversity hire that is profiting off of this country's problems, that doesn't care about the average American citizen, that is an absolute idiot like Kamala Harris here. I'm not even trying to be rude, guys. I'm just being honest. And, and let me stop ranting because we have so much more to get to. Now, this is Dr. Fatima Cody. She apparently is tasked with um, nutritional guidance here in the United States. She's a U.S. official. This is her take on obesity. So we have Kamala Harris uh, unable to speak intellectually in any capacity about any issue at all. She's like, can, can somebody send me a video of Kamala Harris sounding smart? Probably die of shock. And then I would profusely apologize for calling her an idiot, but guess what? That's not going to happen because it doesn't exist. So anyways, Kamala Harris and the Biden administration aside, let's take a peek at some of the people who are tasked with leading us in nutrition in this country, because that's an important thing too, right? Because uh, how we, we take care of our bodies relates directly to our mind, like our microbiome and our gut uh, directly relates to our emotions, to our mental health and to the state of the public. And, you know, again, the overall masses and population. So uh, here's a Biden official or US official talking about obesity in the United States. If you diet, you lose weight, right? The number one cause of obesity is genetics. That means if you are born to parents that have obesity, you have a 50 to 85% likelihood of having the disease yourself, even with optimal diet, exercise, sleep management, stress management. So when people see families that have obesity, the assumption is, oh, what are they feeding those kids? Okay, hang on. This is how I feel about this clip. <laughs> What? Ma'am, what? Obesity is just genetic at this point? Okay. I'm going to show you guys a little something here. Now, this is a chart, okay? This is a government-funded chart about what is healthy for you to eat in 2023, okay? Now, at the bottom, the most unhealthy foods are 
cheddar cheese, ground beef, and a whole egg fried in butter. Above that, you have Lucky Charms, Honey Nut Cheerios, Sweet Potato Fries or Chips, Eggs Fried in Vegetable Oil, Mini Wheats, Almond Milk, Chocolate Covered Almonds. That's healthier than butter, eggs, cheese, and ground beef. Now, I always like to really triple check everything for you guys. So I was looking at this graph and I was like, okay, let's make sure that this graph, I understand where it came from. I understand the background of this. So I went to Reuters, right? Our beloved government fact checkers. And they said that this nutritional table actually lacks context because the government did not release it. However, upon a quick two-minute investigation, it was actually the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute in a 2022 study that was a part of funding this. Now, the actual graph was created by this guy named Ty Beal. He took all of the statistics from this study and he, he made the graph. So technically the graph was not created by the uh, publishers of this study. It was created by this guy, right? And so Reuters links to him and they link to this tweet where he says, was the bar chart a government-funded recommendation chart produced by the authors of the study? Question mark. He says, no, the bar chart was not created by the authors of the study. I made the chart using select values from the paper to show questionable ratings and raise concerns about the approach. And then my favorite part of this is I clicked into the same exact thread that Reuters put in their article and right underneath the the no, like, oh, I created this, is did the government fund a study that says Lucky Charms are healthier than steak? Yes, a study co-funded by uh, the NIH developed a new healthfulness metric that rates the healthiness of food, assigning a food compass score ranging from 1 to 100. And then he goes on to go really in-depth with this whole entire study and everything that uh, was talked about. And, and this is my favorite part that was also omitted from this Reuters fact check. Because as per usual, instead of holding government officials accountable, Reuters and the media is trying to cover for them. Okay. So we just heard that US official saying that obesity is just a genetic disorder. You know, if your family is, if one family member is obese, then you can get obese. It has nothing to do with our food supply. It has nothing to do with the fact that, yes, we do have government funded studies telling you that Lucky Charms are, in fact, healthier for you than eggs and ground beef. No, it has nothing to do with that. Our obesity rates have nothing to do with the fat acceptance movement where everybody is beautiful and, um, People who are obese are now being labeled as healthy. It has nothing to do with the fact that our very own government said that during the entire COVID-19 pandemic, oh, obesity is not going to heighten your um, you know, cause of death related to COVID-19. Yeah, that, that's not a thing at all. By the way, we're closing the gym. Oh, oh yeah, please ignore that statistic from, um, what was it, CNBC that said that over 70% 70, 70 of people that are hospitalized with COVID-19 are morbidly obese. Please ignore that. Yeah, that's the same government here, okay? That's telling us that obesity is just genetic. There's nothing that you can do about it. Now, in this thread, sorry about that long rant, Ty Beal, the guy who made this graph, says, do the author of the Food Compass have conflicts, conflicts of interest with the food industry? Now, for those of you who might be like, wait, what does that mean? It means like, okay, are the researchers that are tasked with telling the American public what's healthy and what's not potentially getting paid off by... I don't know, maybe some of the creators of these sugary cereals or maybe these seed oils that are actually horrific for your heart health. Yeah, 
He says, yes, some of the authors have many conflicts of interest with the food industry, which are noted in the scientific publication. It is not unusual for scientists to have conflicts of interest and scientific journals require authors to disclose them. But having authors with numerous ties with the food industry to create a system that rates the healthfulness of food that industry creates is concerning. So again, just giving you guys a little bit of an example of how absolutely insane everything is in the modern day and how our government does not care about us at all. And sadly, instead of holding these people accountable, the media comes in, they run cover for that very government to keep us all subservient, dumbed down, weak, unhealthy, and accepting of bad behavior. Now, you guys know that the drug crisis that is plaguing American cities across this nation is something that I have been focusing in on specifically. And why is that? Because again, going back to our lowered expectations, in the name of acceptance and inclusivity, we have destigmatized open drug use and homelessness, right? People said, oh, well, people suffer from addiction. So instead of actually trying to help them, and help them overcome their addiction or outlaw homelessness. And instead of just allowing people to camp on the streets, helping them as well. And if they refuse the help, if they refuse to get off the streets, then I'm sorry, you guys might think that this is an unpopular opinion, but at that point, that person is probably mentally ill, incapable of producing in society and needs to be helped. So instead of like a normal society trying to fix these issues, and trying to help adults who clearly didn't make it into adulthood, into responsibility, into having any expectation for their life, instead of saying, hey, it's not okay for people to openly rot on the street and use drugs and shoot up fentanyl in front of our kids and camp on the sidewalk and masturbate in front of my child in broad daylight, we have politicians who are saying, hey, let's just normalize this. Now, here's Gavin Newsom uh, talking about alcohol, talking about alcohol use. And talking about how, like, hey, it really, it's, it's really not a big deal. Keep in mind, the reason why this is a big deal coming from Gavin Newsom is because in his state specifically, there are people dying on the street right now from drug overdoses at massive rates because of this type of mentality. Listen to Gavin Newsom. Clean and sober is one of the biggest damn mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a hold-your-hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. I, if you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, we all need to self-medicate periodically. We all need to self-medicate periodically. Okay, so why did you start off that entire segment with clean and sober is one of the biggest mistakes America has ever made? Yeah, we can tell by your absolute state and its decline, Gavin Newsom. But again, that's that's an elected official scoffing and laughing at the concept of being clean and sober. And you can look at his state as a direct result of that. Now, let's keep delving into the further decline of our society to where, again, let's destigmatize drug use in the streets. Let's destigmatize homelessness so we can be loving and inclusive. Let's destigmatize obesity by saying it's nobody's fault. It's just a genetic disorder. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with laziness. It, it just has to do with the fact that it's genetics. Oh, oh no. Oh, well, uh, by the way, eat Lucky Charms over uh, ground beef and eggs. Let's take a peek at our media as well. Uh, let's delve further into clown world. This came out from the AP, and to be quite honest with you, it is one of my favorite tweets that I've ever seen in my life, and AP has already deleted it. I'm not joking. I thought it was from the Babylon Bee. I thought it was a joke tweet, and I'm just going to read it. It's so good. So AP style book, okay? Now, if you go to school for journalism like I did, 
you have an, uh, an AP style book, right? That teaches you how to write an AP style because typically that's the style that you would write in for um, like a news piece, right? A written news piece, this AP style, everyone adheres to it. It's basically so that no matter, you know, what side of the country you're reporting on, no matter, you know, who you're writing for, that the style, it, it somewhat stays the same. Not in 2023. And by the way, this is another big issue that I have too. The concept of using they for transgenders in sentences and just completely changing the grammar on that. And you're reading the dumbest sentence you've ever heard in your life. We'll get to that in a moment. But from AP, okay? We recommend avoiding general and often dehumanizing, quote unquote, the labels, such as the poor, the mentally ill, the French, the disabled, the college educated. Instead, use wording such as people with mental illnesses and use these descriptions only when clearly relevant. Now, this tweet comes from the AP. They're trying to say that the word the is dehumanizing. And my favorite part of this tweet is that they go, the poor, the mentally ill, the French, the disabled, like they just threw the French in there. And it's so funny because the French government actually responded to this. I didn't even bring up the tweet, but it was so comical that the French government was even clowning this and the AP deleted it because that's how absolutely ridiculous this is. You know why they deleted it? Because of the public backlash, because we clowned them. That's the one good thing about social media. There are a lot of downsides to it. But one of the positives of social media is that we can call out and ridicule, ridicule ridiculous ideas like that. Now, there is the offside of that where bad ideas like this also get promoted and accepted and then our entire society declines. But in this case, this was deleted because they tried to say that the word the was dehumanizing, absolutely ridiculous, very comical. I still cannot believe that this was a real tweet. I bookmarked it and I was like, this is not the French the poor, the mentally ill, the French, and the disabled. It's just like, why did they put it in that order? Did this person hate the French? That's just so amazing to me. I'm sorry. I love that. Anyways, ah, you got to love 2023. So that's the media. And then we dove into the education system as well. Just, you know, cherry on top of the cake. What's the next generation of journalists thinking and learning right now? Okay, from USA Today, what's what's going on at school? Sexist, racist, and classist. Why the feds are getting involved in school dress codes. So basically this article goes on to say that school uniforms are sexist, racist, and classist. And again, this is another direct result of our lowered expectation in a society. One of my favorite parts about going to Europe is that everyone is dressed beautifully. Even when they're wearing athletic clothes or, you know, their track suits, they look really well. They look polished. Their hair is brushed. Their children are not acting crazy. They, they dress beautifully. And one of my favorite parts about Europe. And I know when I'm going home because you can see the distinct line at the airport of people going to America versus the Europeans traveling throughout Europe. The Americans are dressed so horrifically and ugly. And again, just like this article, oh, school uniforms, which again, are a very classy thing. I like school uniforms because I do feel like the uniformity and again, the discipline that you're teaching the child of just being able to put on the same thing every single day, adhere to school guidelines and policies is an important thing to learn. But apparently that's now sexist. Now these, these schools where you had these kids in these nice uniforms, you had some form of expectation. <coughs> Pardon me. 
<clears throat> even that is under attack. I'm literally choking from the devastation of the modern day. And that has led us to a very dark place, right? Everything that we kind of went over right now is a little bit comical. It's like, okay, the AP is a joke. Kamala Harris, very funny, despite the fact that she is directly involved in the complete decline of our country. Gavin Newsom saying that clean and so um, sober is, is a joke. It's ridiculous, right? Ha ha ha. Nothing that we really talked about is really that serious. Well, let's take a peek at the reality of some of this mentality. From the Daily Mail. This rapist decided he was no longer a man only after appearing in court on a rape charge. Furious sex attacker transitions before trial and is sent to a women's prison despite warnings about Sturgeon's gender change law. So this person appeared in court as Adam Graham but stood trial as woman Isla Bryson. And again, transgender rapist attacked two women as a man and then decided to change his gender before trial. Now, this happened in Scotland, okay? This ha didn't happen in the United States, even though in the United States, transgender women are raping real women in prison, by the way. That's a very big issue right now. And this is a direct result of, again, a lot of that progressivism and inclusivity. Women and children are being sacrificed at the altar of transgenderism. That's what this is. We didn't want to hurt people's feelings. So instead of saying, you know what? No. If you think that you're a woman, but you are a man and you have a penis, I hate saying that word, but let's be biologically correct here. You're not coming into the women's locker room. You're not going to be in a woman's prison. That should be basic cut and dry mentality. And if anything, we should be able to unite as a country around protecting children from seeing young little girls, from seeing naked grown men in their locker rooms. But this is how far society has declined. This is Scotland's first minister asking, being asked if trans women are women. And I believe this question had to do directly with the story I just read. Listen to the word salad and all the hoops this woman has to jump through to, to try to not hurt people's feelings. You know whose feelings are probably hurt? The women who were raped in prison by biological men pretending to be women. Their feelings are probably hurt. But no, in the modern day, we're so concerned about the LGBTQ community and being labeled a bigot that this is the modern day rhetoric of your average progressive. It's pathetic. My question is, are all trans but women women? This you haven't is, answered that question. Well, that's not the point that we're dealing with that's here. That's the question I'm asking. Trans women are, are women, but in the prison context, there is no automatic right for a trans so woman. So there are contexts where a trans woman is not a woman? No, there is, <laughs> there is circumstances in which a trans woman uh, will be housed in the male prison estate. Is there any the context in which thing? a woman born as a woman will be housed in the male estate? Look, we're talking here about trans women. And I'm now asking about women born as women. Uh, I don't think there are circumstances there, uh, but... So it's different for trans women? Well, yes. What's different for trans women? They're men and they have dicks. What the hell? It's not that difficult. You know what? This is, this is why I get angry, okay? This type of BS is why I get mad on this show. It's why I scream. It's why I'm passionate about what I do. To be quite honest with you guys, again, I go through phases of being really burned out with politics, but the fact that men in our society today are being given 
women's bodies on a silver platter to go rape in prison is disgusting to me. The fact that we can't even rally together to protect young girls from being exposed to transgender women, aka disgusting men who want to expose themselves to little kids in a YMCA is disgusting to me. This is another recent event that happened. A teenage girl saw a biological man at a local YMCA, and this is what the media had to say about it. Austin Grab is joining me now. Austin, I feel like a big part of the story that's either been a misconception or people are just forgetting about is that Wood has fully transitioned into a woman and was in the woman's bathroom. Yeah, that's right, Wale. In fact, she says she is a woman and she really wants to drive home the fact that she transitioned over five years ago um, in that. Okay. So she's a woman. She just said she's a woman. So she's a woman. The woman in question. The, the, the woman in, in question. For my podcast listeners, I apologize about that long, abrupt silence. But what is on screen right now is a joke. This is the woman in question. Remember when South Park came out with that episode of this giant hulking man playing in women's sports and being like, I'm transgender, and just straight up annihilating and beating the women to a pulp? And they just had to pretend that he was a woman. That's this right here. Now, I couldn't find this video, and I just found it as we were live on the show. But the young girl, 17 years old, who was exposed to this man's genitalia, she went and she spoke in front of her, her city council. And she teared up talking to the city council about her experience being exposed to this man. And again, we are now living in a society and where are the angry feminists about this, right? Because we have men now coming and endangering women, making women feel uncomfortable, sexually harassing women, raping women. And our society has gotten so insane that instead of saying, that's a man, that's an ugly ass man, by the way, he didn't even try. Okay, homeboy went to Dollar General, found some hay on the side of the street, used the Dollar General glue to stick it to his head, and then stole an ugly-ass dress from his local Goodwill. That's not, that's not a woman. People are even afraid to say stuff like that on YouTube because they don't want to be canceled. I wasn't really going to talk about the Daily Wire Steven Crowder controversy, controversy sorry just thinking about women controversy but that's always been my beef with the right wing right everyone wants to grandstand and pretend that they're this great person who's fighting against censorship and fighting against big tech but when push comes to shove a lot of your favorite people won't even say on youtube that a man can't get a period that there's only two genders that transgenderism has gotten out of hand that transgender women are really men that shouldn't be allowed to rape women in women's prisons and again, too, even relabeling any of that rhetoric is self-censorship. And I always told you guys, I would never do that on this show. And this is a great plug right now and good reminder for you to go follow me on Rumble because I'm not going to sugarcoat the truth. 
because sugarcoating the truth is what has gotten us to this situation. Because we keep capitulating to big tech and saying, oh, well, instead of saying the COVID vaccine, I'm just going to say the jab. Even that I don't like. Because we should be able to point blank say the truth. We should be able to point blank speculate about whatever the hell we want. The entire media is allowed to lie to us every single day. Our press secretary and every single elected official is allowed to lie to us every single day, bold face, on a national scale. But I'm getting banned and censored because I have the audacity to call this ugly ass man a man. Fine, censor me for that then. I would rather die on that hill than capitulate to big tech and their version of reality and truth, which is insanity. I'm not going to live in this reality where this ugly ass man who's sexually exposing himself to a woman is being covered for the, by the media and I'm not going to change my rhetoric about that. It's horrific. And we need people to start standing up for women in society. We need strong men to start standing up for women and children in society. We as a collective need to stand up for each other in society because this has gotten out of hand. It's like I can keep going all day with these ridiculous headlines. Facebook, Instagram may lift ban on bare breasts, but only for trans and non-binary. What? So I don't even I don't even have commentary on that. I feel like it speaks for itself. But it's not all bad. Now, a hockey player, I am going to butcher his Russian last name, Ivan Provrov, refused to wear an LGBTQ jersey during gay night for one of the Flyers hockey games. I want you to listen to his reasoning and how beautifully he shut down the media as well. And I want to play this because this is how everybody should be. This is how every American's mentality should be. When people try to push back against you or say, oh, you shouldn't say that because it's not nice. I don't give a damn. I don't care if it's not nice. It's the truth and it's reality. And we need to stop capitulating and bending the knee to these straight up psychopaths, whether it has to do with the LGBTQ community, whether it has to do with the COVID cult, whether it has to do with people who think that the Biden administration is actually doing a good job. Let's live in reality here for a little bit. So here's Ivan Provrov, one of my new favorite hockey players, pushing back against the LGBTQ nonsense and standing up for his religion, listen. Everybody, I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. So. Can you just clarify what religion Can you clarify your religion? Russian Orthodox. So with the game tonight, Ivan, um, obviously Kevin Hughes had a hat trick and uh, Rasmus's first goal of the season. All right. So I absolutely love this. This man refused to wear the pride jersey. He stood up for his faith. And again, because I am lacking on time here, and we have so many different stories to get to still. I didn't bring in the media clip of them melting down, but the media did come in and they attacked this man for standing up for his faith and saying, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't align with what I believe in. What happened to freedom of religion in this country? What happened to the fundamentals of America? Oh, that's right. The average Biden judge doesn't even know what the Constitution stands for. Great. Absolutely great. And the average American is reading headlines like this one from CNN. The police who killed Tyree Nichols were black, 
but they might have still been driven by racism. Viva Fry says this is an actual headline in CNN. It's an actual opinion expressed by none other than Van Jones. At the end of the day, it is the race of the victim who is brutalized, not the race of the violent cop that is most relevant in determining whether racial bias is a factor in police violence. Again, going back to our lower expectations, there are certain people, there are certain races in this country that we are not allowed to criticize. We're not allowed to criticize them. We're not allowed to say, hey, this is an issue in your community. And as a society, we need to hold you accountable so it gets better. Hey, black on black crime is horrifically high every single weekend in Chicago. Hey, guess what? The cops don't just kill and hunt down black men. By the way, they're not even doing that. White men are also being brutalized by the police if you really want to play the race game. The victimization that black Americans hold that has been reinforced in them by the media and by society is a direct result of, again, lowered expectations. It's, it's quite sad. And again, too, this is another thing that we're not allowed to talk about or criticize. You're not supposed to talk about black-on-black -black crime. You're not supposed to talk about this victimization mentality because it's allegedly racist. You know, people tell me, now that I'm back on Twitter, too, especially, they tell me that I want to be a white person so bad, and that's why I have the rhetoric that I do. I had somebody message me the other day and say that my father should be worried because I'm trying to suck up to white men. And as a Hispanic woman, that's really sad. But guess what? I have never viewed myself as a minority, a Hispanic, a brown woman. I view myself as an American. I view other people in this country as Americans, no matter what color their skin is. And whether you're a white, black, Asian, or Hispanic, if you pull the victimization card, and if you as a human being or your, your, your society or your culture is cultivating an entire chaotic situation for the rest of Americans, you need to be held accountable. We need to fix the problem. We need to be able to call it out. But that's the exact problem with society today is that everybody is afraid to call out specific issues because they're afraid to be called homophobic, a bigot, racist. Don't be afraid to be called those things. They, those words, those labels have no merit in society. They have no weight because they have been overused. My friend Gina was talking about this the other day. She was saying, you know, the word my trauma or trauma has been so overused. And that's just like depression and anxiety. Guess what? Everybody deals with depression. Everybody deals with anxiety. It's a part of life. It sucks. You have to overcome it. But again, we've lowered that expectation and we've told people, hey, if you're sad, don't push through it because it's a normal emotion that everybody feels. Instead, take these pharmaceutical medications and think about your mental health. Go ahead and take a week off of work. Just you do you. Love yourself. You need a safe space. You need to protect yourself. Your mental health is so important. No, that type of mentality has led to the entire destruction of this country. People are weak. That's why you go call a fat person fat and they cry. And, and then you get put in jail because you insulted them. It's actually a thing that could happen in the UK. When I was in Davos for the World Economic Forum, they actually had a panel where the vice president president of the European Commission was talking about illegal hate speech laws and how they're going to be making their way to the United States. Let me actually just play that clip for you really fast. Well, we need the people who understand the language and the case law in the country, mm. because what qualifies as hate, hate speech, as illegal hate speech, which you will have soon also in the US, I think that um, we, we have a strong reason why we have this uh, in the criminal law. Uh, we.
So illegal hate speech laws and the thing with the WEF, because they also try to uh, promote these AirPod like devices that are going to be monitoring people's brain waves that the feds can then access. It was a panel called Brain Transparency, and it was about how the brain waves can be used to detect criminal activity or, you know, maybe if somebody commits a crime, then their brain waves are going to have a certain pattern. And then maybe, a, a, a you know, somebody who was... Um, also involved with that crime would have the same pattern in brainwaves. And then, you know, the cops could easily find the bad people and put them in jail. No, do not be fooled by this. Oh yeah. We need illegal hate speech laws because of crime. We need brain transparency because of crime. No, we've already seen what the government does with surveillance over the people. They abuse it and they put you in jail when you push back against them. Again, I'll never let this die. Uh, best example is, WEF young global leader Justin Trudeau freezing the bank accounts of Canadians who had the audacity to ask him if they could open up their businesses again, if they could be out of lockdown because COVID was over. Let's not forget that that happened. Back home here in America, though, uh, back to the Tyree Nichols story. So apparently the Memphis cops charged in Tyree Nichols murder were hired after the police department relaxed their job requirements. What is this a direct result of? lowered expectations in society, a declining society. So apparently the recruits no longer needed an associate's degree or 54 college credit hours to join the force and could get by with just five years of work. This loosened the required qualifications, uh, meaning that the department is ultimately getting less desirable job candidates. So um, there you guys go. Why are we having to lower the expectation in society? What went wrong? How have we gotten to this point? How have we gotten to a point where we have the cousin of Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Kohlers dying after committing a felony hit and run, trying to steal a car, resisting arrest, and getting tased by the Los Angeles Peace Department? He died hours later, by the way. He tested positive for cocaine. And what was the story that the Black community ran with? His name is Keenan Anderson. He was a high school teacher. Police tased him to death after he was involved in a traffic accident. They treat us worse than animals. And this is in response to um, this amazing white liberal who said, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. That's what, that's what the tweet says. It's in all caps, Black Lives Matter. And it's a cut of this guy being tased. And you can watch this video for yourself, Keenan Anderson, the full video, the cop's like, hey, hey, I don't want to tase you, man. Please stop. Please comply. It's like a whole nine minute long video. He refuses to comply. Homeboy's high on cocaine. Again, felony hit and run got into a traffic accident, tried to run from cops. And then this is the way that people in the black community and then also liberals phrased the situation. There was another incident where a six-year-old boy in Virginia um, brought a gun to school and shot his teacher. The little boy, again, I'm not even trying to bring race into this, but it was a little black boy but Bishop Talbert Swan on Twitter, now he's probably one of the most prolific racists I've ever seen in my life. I'm not joking. Um, he instead put this out and said, a six-year-old white boy in Virginia packs his mother's nine millimeter pistol in his backpack, goes to school and intentionally shoots his teacher. If he were black, there would be demands for his parents to be arrested and various conversations about neglect and bad parenting. And again, too, for those of you who are watching this might and are like, Sal, why are you doing this to the black community? That's so racist. I'm calling this out because this type of victim mentality needs to be stopped, okay? I don't care if it's the black community. I don't care if it's the white community, the Hispanic community, or the Asian community that is lying this prolifically and trying to make everything out of ra or a racial issue. 
But it's like, this needs to be called out because this isn't okay. All right? 6.1 million people read this tweet. And I promise you a large portion of those people, because this tweet has over 65,000 likes, read this tweet, believed it. And I'm sure a lot of them were black Americans who said, oh, look, another example of how we are so victimized in this country when that is not true at all. Because again, this was a little black boy who packed a gun and shot his teacher. Why is this an issue in this community? Why are crime rates in this community so high? Why is fatherlessness in this community so high? Why, if you look at a lot of the culture being targeted toward the black community, why, why is, again, the rap, the music, the, the entertainment? Because a lot of Netflix shows as well that are targeted towards the black community are all about like the victimization and how the police are hunting them down and how you can't even be a black man in America without being killed. Why are we allowing this mentality that is not true to prosper? It's only harming individuals. It's not creating a society that's prosperous for all Americans because these members of the black community are Americans as well. And we should want them to be a part of prosperous America. We should want them to understand that they have every opportunity available to them, that they don't have to fall victim to this type of mentality and this type of false rhetoric. Now, our media is also directly involved with pushing this victimization, as you read from that CNN article. And it's really sad to me, too, because like the gun violence and the race, they always try to like go hand in hand, right? Like if there's a horrific shooting, but it's perpetuated by a person of color or a minority, then it becomes a gun violence issue. But if it's gun violence committed by a white man, then it's racism. It's really disgusting how our media works. But this happened a couple days ago, really, eight days ago, a little bit over a week ago, and it's already out of the news cycle. This was a white shooter. His name would be plastered everywhere. We would all know it. We'd still be talking about it, but it's already out of the news cycle. At least 10 people were killed in a mass shooting in Monterey Park, California at a dance venue. No information has been released about the wanted gunman. Potential motive of victims without evidence, leftists are spreading claims that it was a white supremacist and a right-wing shooting. And then you go to the Los Angeles Times and um, authorities ended up identifying the man responsible for said deadly shooting. And it was resident Hu Can Tran, a 72-year-old Asian man. That story is no longer in the news cycle. And we chopped that up to gun violence. It's disgusting to me how, again, the media is directly involved with perpetuating these racial issues that don't exist, right? There are bad people of all colors in this country. There are good people of all colors in this country. But again, going back to the concept of discipline, this is why it's important to have control over your emotions and to have the ability to critically think. Because if you don't have that control, then it's easy for the, the media and politicians to manipulate you and tell you that you're a victim and enrage you with their headlines and enrage you with their false stories and get you to go commit acts of violence in your own community and burn down your own city. And that's why a lot of our high-up leaders push this utopia of mental health and being taken care of by the government and not really, you know, having to endure hardship and having a loving and accepting life. Because when you have that mentality, again, it's really easy not to critically think. The media thinks for you. The government pays you to be a slob, live at home. You're not living for anything. You're not fighting for anything. And your life doesn't feel like it has any meaning. 
And so then the media gives you some meaning by, again, stoking these fake racial tensions or the fake gun violence tensions to give you something to fight for. It's just truly, it's truly horrific. Now, another example of how the masses have no ability to critically think is the fact that we now apparently have stroke season. Let me make sure I have this clip in here. I do not. Very sad. Uh, but basically, I believe this was in Canada. There was a news broadcast about how we have flu season and now we have stroke season. We're seeing an uptick in strokes and we're having stroke season now. It's just something that started happening recently. It's nothing to do with anything, really. Just strokes. You know, don't question it. The people who do question it, the scientists who do push back and try to wake up the masses to the reality of what is going on, like this BBC commentator, for example, he wasn't a commentator, my apologies. He was a cardiologist in Britain. And he went on the BBC and he basically said, hey, COVID vaccine has been tied to an uptick in heart-related issues. And what did the BBC do? They came out and they apologized for the interview with this cardiologist and even read this headline from the media who said COVID jabs can cause heart damage. The BBC has apologized for not properly challenging the views of a vaccine skeptic who claimed that COVID jabs cause heart damage during an interview on the BBC News. So this cardiologist who's worked on hearts and studied hearts and heart disease and heart side effects and has seen an uptick in heart-related diseases and strokes is now a vaccine skeptic because he's accurately and truthfully telling people what's going on. And then those who have no ability to critically think or have the discipline to control their emotions for five seconds and maybe do their own independent research, automatically wave him off as a vac vaccine skeptic as well. Somebody else who has been back in the news cycle, and I'm sure you guys have already seen this, but we will reiterate just to highlight how everything over the past two years has been a scam. Leanna Wen from the Washington Post. Now, she was a specialist for COVID. She was on CNN quite a bit talking to us about how we needed to wear face masks, how we needed to be locked down, how we needed to listen to the government regarding COVID. Well, she wrote a piece in the Washington Post titled, We are overcounting COVID deaths and hospitalizations. That's a problem. By the way, this is the same woman who said, yeah, maybe our kids did have some negative side effects to wearing face masks. My own son has a speech impediment now. She says, we are overcounting COVID deaths since every hospitalized patient gets tested for COVID. A gunshot victim or someone who had a heart attack, for example, could test positive. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is not because this is breaking news, not because this is some new revelation, but because all of the people in the modern day who still say that they don't believe in conspiracies, this was a conspiracy just two years ago, just one year ago, this was a conspiracy. And if you talked about this, you got banned and censored. Let's keep going on some other conspiracies from Politico. CDC and the FDA see a possible link between Pfizer's shot and strokes. The CDC and FDA announced on Friday that their surveillance system flagged a possible link between the new Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine and strokes in people age 65 and over, but said they were continuing to recommend shots. And that they are, my friends. The U.S. FDA proposes a shift to annual COVID vaccine shots. Now look at these two headlines side by side and understand what the media 
what our leaders, what big pharma, what big tech think of the population. They think that you're so stupid and dumbed down that you'll read a headline about how Pfizer's vaccines are linked to strokes, but still get an annual COVID vaccine shot. And you might say, oh, well, Sav, you could get a Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine shot or a Moderna vaccine shot. Yeah, the FDA updated the Moderna fact sheet, by the way, and myocarditis, a uh, heart-related side effect, is an issue with that vaccination. Johnson & Johnson had to pull their vaccine off the shelves because of all of the side effects that people were experiencing. Let's just go ahead and memory hold that and pretend it never happened. Another sad thing that we're seeing is celebrities being utilized to push Pfizer's COVID vaccine. Michael Phelps said, it wasn't until recently that I learned my struggle with depression puts me at a higher risk for severe COVID-19. Paid partnership with Pfizer. You have Pink saying, I had asthma my entire life. That puts me at risk for high uh, risk for severe COVID-19. Sponsored by Pfizer. This, this other music musician, I don't even know who this is, Questlove, um, he's on the heavier side and that puts him at a higher risk for severe COVID-19. Yes, do, do you guys breathe air? That puts you at a higher risk for severe COVID-19. Please take the Pfizer shot. By the way, Project Veritas did an incredible expose on Pfizer. One of their employees accidentally admitted to a Project Veritas reporter undercover that they were working on the COVID virus and how to make it a little bit more infectious. Directed evolution, I believe it was called. YouTube has since banned that video from their platforms. And I was going to play it for you here, but I'm not joking. I still have 10 videos to play for you guys. I don't even know if I'll get to all of them. But Project Veritas today just put out the internal documents given to YouTube employees that say, oh, the, the Pfizer video, the latest expose goes against community guidelines and misinformation about COVID-19. Take it down. Go watch that video. It's very interesting. Now, these are the types of stories that YouTube does not want you to hear, that Twitter, old Twitter, didn't want you to hear, that Instagram doesn't want you to hear, that Facebook tried to keep silence, that the own media who is now smearing cardiologists trying to warn the public as anti-vaxxers, okay? These are the stories. I'm going to play three clips for you guys, and they're absolutely heartbreaking. This one is uncensored. This is a mom who's very upset. I didn't get the chance to censor it. So if kids are watching, just cover their ears. But listen, very sad. First vaccine when he was just a couple months old and he almost died, okay? He went into a fever of 106 and he almost fucking died. So since then, I never allowed him to go get a vaccine. He wanted to play sports so bad. So my mother snuck and took him to go get the fucking vaccine last year, okay? Right after he did that, keep in mind, he went to go get the vaccine so he can fucking play sports in school because it's mandated that you be vaccinated. Okay, so she went and took him to God to get it. Then he went for his sports physical the next month. They told him his heart rate was extremely too low. They don't understand why it was that low. And he had to go see a heart specialist. He went to the heart specialist and I sat there. I looked at the doctor in his fucking eye. And I said, all of this is from that fucking shot. It's from that vaccine. I kept telling him not to get it and I didn't want him to get it. And now that he got it, his fucking heart ain't working right. And the doctor said, oh, no, 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 it's not that. And I said to my son, they just trying to downplay that shit because they don't fucking know. And they don't want people to be scared. So, I highly encourage you guys to go watch her full video. I will link it down below. But this is a reality for a lot of Americans. 
and it's being covered up, it's being hidden, it's being silenced by our own government, and it's disgusting. Here's another video of a father who said that the government basically asked him after his son died from myocarditis, after getting a vaccine, the Pfizer vaccination, the government was like, hey, if you want financial help, just say he died from COVID. Listen. Well, the Pfizer vaccine, April 19th, 2021. Five days later, while playing basketball, Junior suddenly tried to, he collapsed and died right in front of his best friend. Junior's autopsy showed that he had myocarditis. We were told that everyone needed it to get the vaccine for our health and to stop the spread. I decided to do the right thing and keep my son safe. This turned out to be the worst decision in my life. Suddenly my son was dead and I was planning his funeral. Seven months later, after FEMA contacted me and asked me to change the cause of death to my son to COVID so that they could help me financially. I told him I would never do that. I would definitely never disrespect my son in that way. So these are, again, two real stories from American people. And there are hundreds and thousands of stories like this. And the media is keeping them covered up. Honestly, I don't even know if YouTube will leave this video up. So again, the Rumble link is down below. And to those of you in the chat watching who might be like, eh, I don't know. Those people seemed kind of crazy. Here's Chelsea Handler, one of the biggest promoters of the vaccine, talking about her experience. Let's listen. Okay, so I got my second shot of Moderna today, and I feel really sick, and it's only been four hours, and I'm deaf in one ear. Does anyone, did anyone else, I thought I was going to get sick tomorrow, but I feel sick. Did this happen to other people? Please tell me. So there you guys go. It's horrifying what is currently happening to people. It's horrifying that we've lowered the expectation for our government so much that they're openly lying to us, that our media is openly lying to us, and more people nationwide are not outraged. I'm not one to advocate for violence or rioting ever, but if there were ever a time for people to get out into the streets and protest nonviolently by the millions, it would be over this. People should be extremely angry over the fact that they were forced to get this vaccination. Okay? This wasn't like, oh, well, you had the option. No. The government forced this on people and they dehumanized and they still continue to smear people as anti-vax who don't want to get this. And they need to be held accountable. We need to hold them accountable. Now, it's not all bad. And we had a Utah doctor who sadly has been charged, but, um, hero for this one. He destroyed COVID-19 vaccines and gave fake shots to children at their parents' request. This is what more doctors need to be doing. And this is your modern day hero right here. Somebody who says, hey, you don't want your overreaching government trying to inject you with an experimental vaccine that doesn't work? Okay. All right. I'm going to help you. I was listening to Tim Pool's show earlier and my good friend Libby Evans was on and she was talking about all the businesses that were shut down during COVID 
And it just reignited this spark inside of me of anger. Because I remember walking through the airport and being the only person that wasn't wearing a mask. I remember being one of the very few people who were out in the streets. And I wasn't protesting. I was covering the protest, the anti-lockdown protest. Of the business owners who wanted to keep their businesses open. Because keep in mind, the government still let Walmart stay open. Liquor stores stay open. But your gym was closed. Your small business was closed. They targeted you if you didn't comply with them. And it was at that moment, it was, it was at that, that moment, right? That first moment that we saw that lone surfer being chased down by police in the middle of an empty beach to be arrested, to be even confronted or told that he can't go swim out in nature because the government said so. It was at that moment we should have gotten pissed off. But it's been two years. People have not been held accountable. And our world continues to get crazier and crazier. And will continue to do so until we take our country back. We need more heroes like this Utah doctor. And you have to be that hero. You have to be the person who makes the positive change in this country. I go through phases of not even wanting to do this show because I think, okay, I'm just a 26-year-old kid. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Does it even have any merit or value in society? Probably not. I just have a YouTube channel with a couple thousand watchers. Like, It's not really that big of a deal. But no, that's a losing mentality. That's lack of discipline. That's low expectation for myself. And I don't. I want you guys to have higher expectations for yourselves as well. I want you guys to think of yourselves as the American that's going to, to, to save your community. It's going to save this entire country. And if we all adopt that mentality, if we all go about our lives saying, I'm the one that's going to make the change, this country will look like a very different place. Now, I'm going to go over this because I said I would cover it in this show. Sorry, this show is a bit long, but thank you guys for sticking with me. I keep seeing this talking point about how uh, House Republicans are using their narrow majority to force the American people to pay higher gas prices. That's a direct quote from Karine Jean-Pierre. And again, this has been echoed by multiple people, multiple Democratic politicians. You had Newsweek coming out with this headline as well. Marjorie Taylor Greene outraged Joe Biden reduced gas prices. You know, the average person reads this headline and then they'll, they'll kind of read the lead paragraph on top. Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia on Friday expressed her frustration with President Joe Biden for reducing gas prices last year, claiming that it was an effort that was meant to help Democrats win the midterm elections. Average person not going to read past that. But if you do read past that, Marjorie Taylor Greene is talking about how Joe Biden is draining our strategic oil reserves and how he's selling our oil and how he sold almost a million barrels of our oil to China. So... It's so frustrating to me that we have Democrat politicians that are genuinely running on this platform, that Republicans are mad that Joe Biden is lowering gas prices. When this outright lie endangers the very constituents that they are supposed to be leading. And let me explain how. This comes from the Institute for Energy Research. So... It basically goes on to talk about what the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve is for. It's a source that is meant for national emergencies that Biden has been depleting since last November in hopes to lower gasoline prices. So 
This isn't about Joe Biden lowering gasoline prices because he just cares about American people. This is about him draining our strategic oil reserves, which are supposed to be used in wartime, which, by the way, we just sent, I believe it was 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine, escalating the war between Russia and Ukraine. By the way, Russia has nukes, and we're now directly involved in that. Who do you think Russia is going to target as this continues to escalate? You think that Russia fears the United States? And I'll give you the best example of why they don't. Let me let me uh, go through one more point here. The strategic oil reserves are the lowest levels since December 1985. The current level is 20% lower than its level recorded days prior to Biden's first release in late November. And Democrats have the audacity to tell you that Joe Biden is just trying to lower your gas prices and Republicans are mad about it? No. And by the way, again, he sold some of that oil to China, who's already purchasing oil from Russia. My good friend Rogan O'Hanley puts it best, Putin took Crimea under Obama, and now it looks like he's going to take Kiev under Biden. You know who didn't let Putin take a single blade of grass from Ukraine? Donald Trump. And that's true. Whether you love or hate Donald Trump, because I know even a lot of you in the modern day don't like new Donald Trump because he's continued to push the COVID vaccine, because he's continued to attack Ron DeSantis. He's been very arrogant. He doesn't have the same 2016 energy that we all loved him for. All that aside, Donald Trump, at least, was, again, a businessman who understood how to stand up to the other international big league players in the world. The reason why Putin's doing whatever the hell he wants and again, I, I know that this situation is a lot deeper than just Putin deciding like he's going to go into and invade Ukraine. It, it runs a lot deeper than that. But one of the reasons why Joe Biden, Putin, is taking territory from Ukraine is because of Joe Biden. Because we are not respected, we are not feared. We are the country of low expectations. We are the country that lacks discipline. We are the country that has completely abandoned national sovereignty, abandoned the constituent, abandoned our constitution, and abandoned the foundations of our country. And it is up to us, the sane Americans that are still left to save it. So disgusting rhetoric out of the left wing, okay? Because this isn't even political at this point. They're straight up lying to their base about oil reserves that should not be drained right now. And like I read at the beginning of this show, those gas prices set to skyrocket once again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire. I apologize that it's been a while. I thoroughly enjoyed being here with you guys tonight. Please remember that this show is funded by you. It's powered by you. It's shared by you. It's watched by you. It's listened to by you. And I truly cannot thank you enough for that. Please remember that if you want to listen to the podcast version, you can find it anywhere podcasts are streamed. And the best way you can help me out is by going and leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or going and checking out the subscribe star or even just liking and sharing this post or going to Rumble and following me there. Because like I said, I'm going to take on the hard issues. I'm going to continue to keep talking about these things because it's important. You know, I've gone head to head with big tech. I was banned on Twitter for two years. And luckily enough, I was able to come back. And having my platform back more than anything has inspired me to continue to say hard truths that could potentially get me banned. Because guess what? Not everybody is back on Twitter. Not everybody has their platform back. Not everybody has their freedom of speech in this country. So I'm going to make sure that I use the platform that God gave me and blessed me with to continue to tell you guys the truth. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I'm truly grateful to be here with you guys. And I'm truly grateful that you guys have made this show a reality. My name is Savannah, and I'll see you guys next time.